Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. I've got a question for you. Do you believe in miracles? Are your eyes open to miracles all around you? The miracle that is your life and everything in between. Today, Sandy's going to read an excerpt. She felt inspired. She's reading a book, The Miracle Equation by Hal Elrod. And there's a story in it that is moving and powerful. And this book, The Miracle Equation, it's based on the two decisions that move your biggest goals from possible to probable to inevitable. It's miracles equals unwavering faith plus extraordinary effort. Those two decisions, when you have unwavering faith towards what you want to create, towards what you want to accomplish, and you put extraordinary effort towards it, you're going to see miracles pop up in your life. This is the same author that wrote The Miracle Morning, a book that has helped transform the course of our lives, has transformed the course of our days, of our mornings, The Miracle Morning. He also has a great documentary on Amazon Prime Video, The Miracle Morning documentary. Hal Elrod is amazing, but... Sandy has a way better audible narration voice than me, and she's reading it right now. So she's going to share a story from this book. Hello. Hello. All right. So this is from chapter two, and I'm on page 31. So I'm going to read to you guys. The miracle equation was born out of my desire to hit a record-breaking sales goal at work that I thought was probably impossible, but really wanted to achieve it. I basically defied my natural tendency to take the easy road and instead bolted along the harder path. In the process, I learned one of the most valuable life lessons I've ever come across. Let me set the scene for how the miracle equation came to be. After college, I accepted a position as a sales representative for Cutco, selling high-end kitchen cutlery through in-home demonstrations. When I began, I had had no previous sales experience and was accustomed to living my entire life in the void between average and embarrassingly mediocre. I'd been a C student, had never played organized sports, wasn't part of any clubs, was bullied in school, and held only one record obtained at Yosemite High School for the most hours of detention ever assigned to a student in a single school year. The total was 178, in case you were curious. Not exactly an accomplishment that my mom and dad were proud of. With the support of and lessons from some incredible leaders and mentors at Cutco, a level of competence and competence in myself began to emerge that had never existed before. I pushed myself to work harder. I attempted to achieve higher goals. Overall, I grew into someone who was a heck of a lot more capable than I'd ever thought I could be and quickly became one of the company's top sales reps. One way I stretched myself was by breaking sales records during push periods, which in the cuckoo world are a 14-day sales contest during which the company fosters friendly competition within its sales force. This is done by incentivizing thousands of reps and managers with trophies and prizes with the intention of bringing in record sales for the salesperson, his or her local office, and the company. 
It was during one of those push periods that the light bulb lit up in me for the miracle equation was born. The push period that became a miracle. In February 2001, at the age of 21, I was coming off back-to-back $20,000 push periods, a feat that had been achieved by less than a handful of sales reps during the 52-year history of the entire company. As the next push period approached, I was gearing up for my attempt to become the first sales rep to reach that $20,000 milestone three consecutive times. It was 10 in the morning when I walked into the Cutco sales office in Fremont, California to turn in my orders for the prior week. My pal, Hal, my sales manager, Frank, said as he gave me an enthusiastic high five in the lobby. You ready for this push period? My eyes widened as I took a deep breath pursed my lips, and blew out an exaggerated exhalation. I am, and I'm going for it, Frank. I'm going to try to set the record. I don't know how, but I've got to find a way to sell another 20000 in the next 14 days. Wow, Frank gave me a wide smile. You realize you'd be the first person to ever hit that mark three times, don't you? I nodded my head yes. I know. I'm super nervous. Frank's face turned serious. Now, you do realize that this push period's only 10 days, right? Because of the conference being earlier, we don't have the full 14 days. I stared at Frank for a moment. Please tell me you're joking. Sorry, Hal, he said with an, I'm sorry, I have to tell you this face. I thought you knew that. So wait, does that mean that this won't technically count as a normal push period for records and rankings? In that moment, I was desperately hoping to get a pass on the abbreviated push period so that I could attempt to set the record during the next full 14-day contest. No, unfortunately, this push period counts just like the others. My heart sank. I had spent the last few weeks wrapping my head around selling $20,000 in 14 days, which was no easy feat. The idea of reaching the same goal in only 10 days' time felt somewhere between pointless and impossible. A middle-of-the-day epiphany. That night, I tossed and turned in bed while contemplating my options. Selling $20,000 in 10 days was beyond anything I'd ever done before. I reasoned, maybe I should lower my goal to $15,000. $10,000? Should I just sit this one out? Fear and doubt raced around inside my head. How am I going to reach this goal? As my voice of self-doubt grew louder, clarity struck. I remembered a lesson that one of my mentors, Dan Cassetta, had taught me, which he had learned from author and modern-day philosopher Jim Rohn. In my head, I heard Dan's voice. The purpose of a goal is not to reach the goal. The purpose of a goal is to become the type of person who can achieve any goal by always giving it everything you have, regardless of your results. It's who you become through that process that matters more than actually reaching any one goal. Hmm. I gave the idea a minute to sink in. Obviously, Dan and I had discussed it before, but it now seemed to take on a deeper meaning. I thought, what if I don't lower my goal? Even though selling 20,000 in 10 days seems impossible, What if I stay committed and give it everything I have regardless of my results? Would that help me become the type of person I need to be to achieve all my future goals? If I committed to selling $20,000 and giving it everything I had regardless of the result, the biggest payoff wasn't the goal itself, but who I became in the process of trying to achieve it. I really couldn't fail, right? Right. I decided to go for $20,000 in 10 days. I sat up in bed and turned on my bedside lamp. My brain was racing with ideas. I had to figure out how I was going to make this nearly impossible goal happen. So at midnight and in my bed, I reverse engineered the push period that I was about to enter. I imagined that it was 10 days into the future, and I asked myself, if I had already sold 20,000, what would I have had to do between now and then? Because it was such a short time period, I knew that my fear of failure would be heightened. 
I asked myself, how can I combat that fear? The simplest answer was that I would have to believe that I could reach my goal and I would have to maintain that belief until I did. Doing so would require telling myself over and over that I could reach my goal, especially when I had a bad day or my results weren't going well. The initial belief evolved into unwavering faith. When I thought about how, when my results weren't going well, my drive to keep pushing forward would naturally diminish because I would begin to doubt whether reaching the goal was possible. The way to combat the inertia would be to commit to giving it everything I had until the last possible moment. No matter what my results were along the way, I would have to maintain a high level of effort throughout. That commitment became extraordinary effort. Right then, I made two decisions that I knew I would have to maintain throughout the push period. Decision one, I will establish and maintain unwavering faith that I can reach my goal of selling $20,000 during the push period no matter what. There is no other option. Decision two, I will put forth extraordinary effort every single day until the last possible moment, regardless of my results along the way. I grabbed the notebook off my bedside table and wrote both decisions down to solidify my commitment. Then I committed them into a single sentence, a mantra that I would easily remember and recite to myself every day, which would remind me of my two decisions. I am committed to maintaining unwavering faith that I will sell $20,000 for push and putting forth extraordinary effort until I do no matter what, there is no other option. I was still scared. And to be honest, and this is important to understand when you use the miracle equation yourself, I didn't actually believe I was going to sell $20,000 in the next 10 days. Sure, I believed it was possible, but definitely not probable. Our biggest goals usually aren't, which is part of what makes them miracles. Still, I was fully committed to giving it everything I had. The math was simple. If I wanted to sell $20,000 in 10 days, I needed to average $2,000 per day. That meant that in the first seven days, I would need to be over 14,000 in sales. Had I ever sold 2,000 in a day before? Sure. And I always celebrated because a $2,000 day was both a great day and a pretty rare day. I considered a $2,000 day to be somewhat lucky. So to do that every single day for 10 days in a row would be quite the feat. When I started the push period, luck was nowhere to be found. The first week was a roller coaster that ended in my finishing at only 50% of where I needed to be to be on track for my goal. At only 7,000 in sales and with just three days left to go, that was the position I'd feared I would be in. But I wasn't going to lower my goal. I had made a commitment to myself that I would give it everything I had until the last possible moment, no matter what. With only three days left, I set out to my first appointment of the day. While driving, I repeated my mantra. I am committed to maintaining unwavering faith that I will sell $20,000 for push, putting forth extraordinary effort until I do, no matter what, there is no other option. Interestingly, the more I said it, the more I believed it. Six Cutco presentations later, I finished the day with more than $3,000 in sales. That meant I was now over $10,000 for the push period. That day provided a much needed boost. I felt re-energized. I pulled my black Nissan Xterra over and took out my referral notebook to make calls. It was 7 p.m. prime phoning time. I pushed aside my concern about how I was going to sell 10,000 in the next two days and instead focused on making phone calls. The next two days played out very similarly. I sold $3,238 on Tuesday and $4,194 on Wednesday, which put me at $17,024 for the push period. I was feeling inspired, but because our team was scheduled to meet the next morning at 7 a.m. to carpool to the conference in San Francisco, I was also out of time. Or was I? Not ready to give up short of my goal, 
I called Frank and asked him to let me skip the carpool so I could squeeze in a couple more appointments before the conference. Inspired by my commitment, he agreed. I immediately pulled out my referral notebook and began making calls. 40 minutes later, I had my two appointments scheduled for the following morning. Although selling the remaining 3000 during my two appointments certainly wasn't likely and in many people's perception, not so realistic, it was definitely possible. As a bonus, I would have my good friend and colleague, Adam Kerchak, with me. He had called me that evening to let me know he was going to be in town and asked if he could tag along on my appointments the next day. The next morning, Adam met up with me and we drove together to my first appointment. I was a ball of nervous energy. Could this actually happen? Cruising down the freeway, it rolled down my window. Ignoring the fact that Adam was riding shotgun, I repeatedly shouted my mantra. I am committed to maintaining unwavering faith that I will sell $20,000 for push putting forth extraordinary effort until I do, no matter what, there's no other option. I'm committed to maintaining unwavering faith that I will sell $20,000 for push, putting forth extraordinary effort until I do, no matter what, there's no other option. The more I said it, the more I believed it. Adam cracked up laughing. He found my empathic mantra yelling pretty amusing. I pulled into Mrs. Hammerling's driveway at 7.58 a.m., then reached behind me and grabbed my navy blue Cutco brief bag, filled with more than a dozen razor-sharp kitchen knives from the back seat before Adam and I headed for her front door. Knock, knock. This was it. My palms were sweating. My heart was racing. I took a deep breath, looked at Adam, and recited my mantra in my head one last time. I am committed to maintaining unwavering faith that I will sell $20,000 for push and putting forth extraordinary effort until I do no matter what. There is no other option. No one answered, so I rang the bell. I glanced around the driveway and along the front of the house, not sure what I was expecting to see. Maybe Mrs. Hammerling was hiding in the bushes. I rang the bell again. Still no answer. I went back to my car for my cell phone and called Mrs. H on her home phone, which was the only number I had for her. No answer. I called again. Still no answer. I was in disbelief. This can't be happening. I waited around for half an hour. I called the house a few more times. Nothing. It was what we reps call a no-show and it couldn't have come at a worse time. I took a deep breath, and then Adam and I jumped back into my car and headed to my last appointment, my last chance to reach my goal. We arrived an hour early and parked down the street. That hour wasn't good for me. It gave me too much time to think. Fear crept back in. I started to doubt myself. How can this be happening? I've given everything I had. I had maintained unwavering faith. I'd put forth extraordinary effort, and now everything was riding on the next appointment, my last appointment. My stomach was in knots. Finally, I knocked on Mrs. Carol Jones's door, silently repeating my miracle mantra. I am committed to maintaining unwavering faith that I will sell $20,000 for push and putting forth extraordinary effort until I do, no matter what. There is no other option. 30 seconds later, the door opened. Thank God. I was now face-to-face with a 40-something-year-old blonde woman. May I help you? The woman's Swedish accent caught me off guard. This wasn't the woman I'd spoken to on the phone. Are you Carol? I asked. Nope, she definitely wasn't Carol. Turned out she was Carol's sister-in-law, visiting from Sweden to attend her brother's 50th birthday party, which was a few days away. A quick phone call from the Swedish sister-in-law to Carol confirmed that Carol was across town and had completely forgotten about our appointment. She wasn't going to make it back in time. Is there anything I can do to help you with? The sister-in-law asked. I thought for a second. The Swedish sister-in-law on vacation for her brother's 50th birthday party isn't going to buy knives, right? Especially not $3,000 worth of knives. Thank you for asking, but I don't think so. Adam cleared his throat and leaned over to me. How? He said. 
I drove all the way out here to watch you do a presentation. If this nice woman is willing to let you do the presentation, I'd still love to see it. I looked at Adam as chills ran through my body. It was as if time stood still. The last possible moment hasn't arrived yet. And this nice woman's offering to help? Maybe on some level, Adam had come along today to remind me of that. Actually, on second thought, I said to the woman, there's something you can do to help. I was supposed to do a presentation for Carol to show her some high quality kitchen cutlery. And this is my last appointment for the week. I would really appreciate if I could do my presentation for you. So I don't fall short on my appointments. Any chance you'd be up for it? Surprisingly, the Swedish sister-in-law was game. Sure. Come on in. Adam smiled at me as we walked through the front door. I silently thanked him in my head. And as my last act of extraordinary effort, I processed to give the best, most enthusiastic Cutco presentation of my life. 60 minutes later, as I conducted my presentation and prepared to ask the sister-in-law if there was any chance she might want to purchase a set of Cutco, she said something that was hard to believe. Hal, your timing is so interesting. My husband and I were just about to invest in a high-quality set of knives last week back home in Sweden, but we both agreed that we should wait until our trip here to America. And on top of that, our entire family's been trying to find the perfect gift for my brother's 50th birthday, but we couldn't find one, and he absolutely loves to cook, so this would be perfect. What are the odds? I thought to myself in disbelief. I smiled at her and nodded in anticipation. You know what? Let's do it. I'll take two of your ultimate sets, one for my husband and me and one for my brother for his birthday. I had to keep myself from jumping out of my chair and hugging her. This sale put me over $3,000 for the day and exceeded my $20,000 goal. As I drove away from that appointment, a conviction was born in me. I was beginning to understand that if I wanted an extraordinary life, these were the two decisions that would create it. Unwavering faith combined with extraordinary effort was the formula to consistently produce extraordinary results, tangible, measurable results that were so significant and so unexpected that they felt like miracles. Wow. I'm literally choked up right now. I just got story time. I mean, me and the listeners all just got story time there. That was moving to say the least. Moving. I have heard this story for years. Like I've heard of it from people talking about it, but Mm -hmm. I finally grabbed the book and I'm almost done with this book. Actually, by the time this episode airs, I'll definitely be done with this book. And it's funny, even the conversations you and I have been having lately, you're like, you're such a dreamer. And I'm like, babe, you need to read this book. So that is exactly where my mind went. I think two big moments that stuck out to me was when they were referencing Jim Rohn. I love Jim Rohn. And they were saying, you set the goal, but it's about the growth. It's about becoming the person who can achieve that goal. Then also Hal's miracle equation is unwavering belief plus extraordinary effort. And he said, I knew the goal was possible. I also knew it wasn't probable. I didn't even necessarily think that I was going to hit it, but I was committed to unwavering faith, faith that it can happen. And I will put the extraordinary effort in to make it happen. And then equals miracles. That's a miracle equation. There is a sense of like, I know these are the two things that I can control and I'll focus on it and what happens, happens. And so that translates into a lot of what Sandy and I've been talking about lately is what's the next step for us as far as our home? Where do we want to live? And we both have the same vision of where we want to live, beachfront, coastal town. We have some ideas. We have some neighborhood ideas. We both have that same vision. 
However, recently, Sandy's been like, you know what? Let's not go intermediate house. Let's go straight to the baller house for life that we're going to grow old in and is going to be our dream home. Let's go straight to it and let's do it in the next two years. And I'm over here like, oh my gosh, I know we can get there. I don't know exactly how. I've already learned that lesson. You don't know how something is necessarily going to go or happen for you. But the two-year time period definitely like scared me. It instilled fear in me like, oh my gosh, like that is big. That is moving mountains in two years because this home, the home that we're envisioning is a dream home. And what I'm realizing is it's not even necessarily like I know in my heart in two years we'll be there. It is holding unwavering faith and putting forth extraordinary effort. And if we can just focus on those two things, whatever it is, to get your dream spouse, to build your business to X level, to move into the dream home. If you can focus on those two things, unwavering faith that it will happen, an extraordinary effort towards that, that's what matters. That's where miracles happen. So that story really shifted my mindset towards, okay, we just have to focus on those things. And everything else will fall into place as they will. And trusting the process and letting it unfold. But if I focus on unwavering faith and extraordinary effort, we can do it. We can get there. I love it. So I hope you join me in reading this book. I hope you work towards miracles in your life and believe that you can. Wade and I have worked really, really hard towards some goals and we've missed them. But the only way to fail is to quit. So we don't believe in failure. We're like, okay, we get back up and we do it again and we just keep going and maybe we have a different approach. And so I hope that you found this lesson valuable. I hope you liked this. And we would love to hear what miracles you're working towards in your life. So let us know, share with us. We'd love to hear from you. If you know someone that needs to hear this episode, share it with them, pay it forward. Like who needs to hear this? You can literally tap on the three dots and click share and text it to someone right now. If you have not subscribed, please subscribe to our podcast. If you have not rated or reviewed, please do that. Call the action there. If you got like chills at any point during this or you removed it all, could you do us a favor? Could you just go rate, review, subscribe? It honestly, it means a lot to us and we appreciate all of you guys. Have an amazing day. Bye. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic.